Hello, and welcome to the Thrive Yoga and Wellness Podcast. My name is Jennifer Dixon, and today we're going to stay right inside of the asana or physical yoga practice as we talk about, discuss a little bit more asana. So stay tuned and maybe try something new. Take care and don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Hi everybody. Welcome to Sacred Spaces. <laughs> My name is Jennifer Dixon with Thrive Yoga and Wellness and... I'm Merritt Maloof Plum with the Energy Center. We offer integrative energy medicine both in person and from a distance, video recordings, readings, medicine grids. So check out our website at the Energy Center, that's cntr.com, or check me out on Facebook or Instagram at the Energy Center. That's right. So the Thrive Yoga and Wellness is a yoga studio located in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and this I guess we could call this a podcast episode, even though it's, it's on YouTube. This episode is diving into the Sacred Spaces mini-series. I guess what we're doing right now is diving into a little bit of the philosophy behind yoga. Because Thrive Yoga and Wellness, we, we love the physical practice. That's what yes. I'm drawn to the most is the asanas. But there's so much more to yoga than just mm -hmm. the asanas. And so this particular mini-series is actually diving into the yamas and the niyamas. Yes, we did an overview three weeks ago, and last week we talked about nonviolence, mm -hmm. which is ahimsa. ahimsa. And last week we talked about, or this week we're talking about... Truth. Truth. Satya. 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 So if you missed the first two episodes, go back because we kind of do a holistic overview of the yamas and niyamas, and then we started with nonviolence. So we'll be doing these weekly in order, and we thank you for being with yeah. us. And don't Please, forget to subscribe. Yes, subscribe so that you can share, learn. share with your friends, and leave comments. So if there's yes. something that we say that resonates with you, either positively or otherwise, go ahead and let us know. There's we're not afraid of like explaining why we think what we do, but more importantly, we love hearing other people's well, and also sharing each other's perspectives helps us evolve correct or you know stand strong and okay well that's great for you but this is how I believe always keeping in mind ahimsa nonviolence right. as always. you share your truth your satya in all of these communications with us but we love to have feedback uh, so you can actually with the new podcasting platform we're on anchor now you can actually leave us voicemails too oh, how cool nice. is that you can leave us voicemails and so but be careful when you do I shouldn't say be careful be aware we will listen to all of them and we will respond back to all of them and if I get tech savvy enough I will actually play them well and if we get tech savvy enough too we may start doing some of the YouTube live things oh, yeah, where you can cool. like interact with yep. people we have to grow our audience so yes. YouTube folks make Help sure you subscribe out. we are not quite halfway there but it's baby steps and it grows we're growing pretty fairly well, almost a viewer a day. It slowed down in the last thank week, you. but thank, thank you, you so much, guys. I'm glad that you are getting something out of these episodes, whether it's these conversations, diving into the philosophy. We've done a little bit of mythology. We'll go back into mythology after this, this mini-series, or it's yoga tutorials and sequences, so definitely subscribe. So, yes, thank you for being with us. Today we are exploring Satya. Our the, path to truthfulness. That's right. This is the second of the yamas. There's right. five yamas and five niyamas, both ethical guidelines, if you would. The first two limbs of the yoga practice, because yoga uh, has eight limbs, right? 
And so Ahimsa was our first limb that we did last. Well, the Yamas and the Yamas are two branches of Yeah, the two branches. Yes. Yeah, two branches uh, of the eight limbs. Of so the eightfold path. Yeah, so yes. there's, there are two of those limbs. And the Yamas and the Niyamas, I guess, have five branches. Would that be right. a good way of saying it? And guess what? This is comes... This comes before the asana practice. Like this comes before the sun salutations. These ethical guidelines, these ways of living your life most fully and I guess non-violently, these come before the asana practice. Yes. Which is deep. And I was reflecting on this yama this morning when I was doing some stretching and like trying to honor my truth on the mat. Mmm, mmm. That's a, that's just diving right in. That's that. Yeah. And what did what did you uncover in this truthfulness search? I I definitely feel like I have lied to my body mm. and lied to myself about this perfect instrument that was made in the image, and I don't believe I've always honored the truth of that. Oh, one hundred percent. And but I feel like you know through the work we're doing together and especially being a part of the thrive tribe community i'm learning to do that and i'm also being held in love i think a lot of people feel when they're really bad out of shape they feel self-conscious about going to a yoga studio and that energy is so not there with us I, I, that i love hearing because you're right and, yeah i think mean, you just there's this beautiful tribe of women and men but especially that divine feminine connection comes through and it's beautiful. Yeah. And so what's your, what is your truth? So I mean, what is truth to you? What is truth to me? That was interesting when we were going through these studies, it hit me the most because again, I'm very, very, um, I, I came to yoga from the asanas. I know you, you came to yoga more from the meditation, which right. we'll talk about. That's another limb. Well, I started out studying the, the Patanjali, um, sutras, mm -hmm. You know, and so I came in with that, and everybody's, in my mind, everybody's exercising. Yeah, yeah. And so it was very out of alignment with what I believed yoga to be. But I think that's the Western version of it, and the true yogi starts from within and then goes to the mat to find the truth, the nonviolence within, so that that can in the physical practice so that can go out into the world yeah to me that is what yoga was until i got involved well I, I was in a yoga studio in rome too but i didn't participate as much in the classes because i was working a full-time job and seeing clients on the evenings so i didn't see a lot of what was going on mm -hmm. it, it's interesting that you bring that up it's that it was just exercise and sometimes some of i do believe that people get upset when the emphasis is on just the physical practice and and obviously that's how I came into yoga was the physical practice I had a hurt back I couldn't do what I wanted to do and the physical yoga practice helped to fix my back I'm 100% confident and comfortable in saying that and it wasn't just like I took a pill and then suddenly I didn't have to have back surgery oh no this was like a daily attention and a daily practice to strengthen the muscles that were weak and to lengthen the muscles that were tight and it was that physical practice that brought me into these other limbs, this, these, these yamas or the niyamas that are helping me to become less violent to myself and to those around me or to speak truth to, to myself 
and to speak it in a nonviolent way to myself and to others. And so it's, it's an interesting, it, it's always interesting to me when people get angry about, oh, the physical practice isn't well, yoga. It's I didn't part get of angry, oh, yeah, I didn't I, but I was that. resistant to yeah. it. But then when I went, especially the ones that I started out going to were the yens and the gentles, and they do go there. Mm -hmm. They do take you down to that place. Exactly. So I had to let go of my judgment mm -hmm. too, and that that's and exactly go right. in open mm -hmm. to to see what where the truth fit with me and filled me, and you know I had to let go of that. Oh, yeah. well, they're just exercising because you get there yep. with you know savasana. Yep, and and that's something that my teacher Manju has always said. He was like, I don't care how they get to the yoga mat. You just get to the yoga mat. And I know that it can be, that's one of the things that we do at the studio is we offer a lot of um, partnerships in the community. Not uh, we, we do donation-based classes to help raise money for, like we recently were yoga at the zoo. We raised almost $500 for the, the local zoo, a conservation. And so we regularly are doing that. And what it's been done for the studio, it's, it's also a great way because the studio is trying to give back to the community. But more importantly, it's introducing people to yoga that might not otherwise have tried mm -hmm. it. And so it's been a really great way to start people's yogic journeys by helping the community. And so it might be that we're starting out on that physical path. But it'll it'll get to these other these other limbs over time. Well, what I have found is that yoga will meet you where you are. Oh, one hundred percent. If you are, you know, completely, you know, just, I don't know. It'll it'll meet you where you are. Yep, for sure. And you you grow and expand. It's a journey that continues to unfold. Mm -hmm. And I started, I did some physical yoga when I was young, but I mostly delved into the spiritual practices of it. And now I'm learning that you need both. And both feed my inner and outer, my inner self, thus the energy I send out. So that's your truth. So that's a your. truth. That is my truth. Yep. And that's the, the thing that hit me with the truth. I guess ideas for this week it's the truth today and for each of us is a little bit different you know mm -hmm. and and so the truth for me is I'm still very I'm kind of wired tight I guess so I I need that physical outlet in order to get me to the place of that meditative yes. meditation mm -hmm. and also the physical you gotta get the wiggles out. I gotta get my wiggles out right <laughs> and the physical aspect of the practice helps me to be less violent towards myself in several ways because you're channeling that energy exactly that and and that digs that that just will take us down the path of all the yamas of of you know nonviolence and truthfulness and then getting to the truthfulness in the yoga practice like i am getting better now that i am very close to 40 as of the airing of this i will be 40 there's certain physical things I can't do that I used to be able to do. You know, like when I was much younger, it didn't matter. I could go run 10 miles, come shower, clean up, and then go bike again. And there's certain physical t physical limitations that come with this journey in life. And the truth is I have to recognize that and be kind, ahimsa, to myself and back off when my body says to. Interesting. 
There's, because I, I guess I perceive the physical part in a different way. I don't see them so much as limitations, but as areas of growth. Ooh, I love that change of narrative. Like I said, yeah, I mean, I used to could hike. I used to hike Lacan every year and, you know, camp out up there and carry all my stuff with me. And, you know. Now you're wiser. Somebody else carries your stuff. Well, I need a helicopter to get to the top, but I want to sit on top of the mountain. But the journey I've had with my body and in the areas I haven't nurtured it physically, the areas I've sent negative oh, energy to. Oh, man. Instead of like being the witness and seeing these things as coming and going, things get stuck. Yep. And so, and I don't, I don't always do it this way but when I'm in my highest level of truth I do see my body as an instrument that I am in charge of taking care of but it's temporary that this is going to be related to what you're saying but a little bit off topic and I think it's beautiful because it's something that I'm dealing with right as we speak and it's I also have a daughter and I feel like so I grew up in a household I love you mama she hates her legs, hates her legs. We got some thick thighs, save lives, and she hates her legs. And she's had surgeries and all this. And to this day, she will not wear anything. If you see her, you can, you won't even see her ankle. And as a result, I hate my legs. Wow. I, and you've got, mm, I hate it. And this is something that I, you know, I'm 40 and you'd think, you know, at 40, you'd be kind of into, you, this is what you got. God made you. And my legs, they are strong. They, they, they Beautiful. carry my kids. They, but I hate them. And it's this, it's this, you know, family of origin, all of these violent conversations that I, I had growing up mm. and, and I'm dealing with it. And so my husband and, and I have talked and he's like, you can't say that in front of, so I've been very conscious of not saying anything. And I'm working on my own internal dialogue about, my personal physique and and my what is it the the words that I say about it but the things that I say out loud to my child I don't want her ever thinking that because I don't want her to have to overcome what I'm overcoming yes. but it's a truth because that that's I a have form of violence mm, to, exactly yeah to hate your body mm -hmm. I have grown up with that same the the words that were spoken violently towards me growing up those are the words that resonate not the beautiful words that were spoken to me does that make sense well and i think so, they both resonate but you know we tend to in our minds like you know i put on weight through the holidays and i walk, walk past my mirror and i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> you know instead of just oh you know you've, you enjoy the holidays hunkering down <laughs> things have been going on you know let's look at this from a place of awareness rather than judgment exactly and the that's how we yeah, I, I really believe that as soon as we, in our level of consciousness, think we know the truth of something, we've lost the thread of truth. <laughs> I think the only ones who really know truth are like Christ and Buddha and Krishna and the really highly evolved beings. That's interesting that you bring up Krishna because I'm about to take us down a rabbit trail, but it's still all about Asteya and the relationship to Ahimsa. So... And then we'll get back to the book that we've been referencing a lot in this journey um, that we'll put a link down below to. 
So in the Mahabharata, which is where the Bhagavad Gita comes from, there's a scene that confused the tar out of me when I was reading it. I mean, like, I actually had to reread it a few times because it bothered me so much. Hmm. So in the big, the Mahabharata is this, a big epic, it's an Indian epic, where it's basically the battles of good and evil, and there's five brothers, the good, versus a hundred brothers, the bad, and it ends up being this, basically the civil war between families that almost completely eliminates this entire family. And in part of the battle scene, Krishna advises the Pandava's oldest brother, Yudhisthira, to lie. And Yudhisthira being the most pious of all of the brothers, struggles with this. And I was shocked because Krishna was supposed to be their spiritual guide. He was their cousin in this particular book, but he was their leader, and their leader was telling them to lie and I struggled with this because it didn't that didn't line up in my head and the way that Krishna explained it was if we don't and it, the lie was to say that someone the son of this massive awesome warrior was dead and the the reason for saying that is if they didn't tell him that the massive this awesome uncle of theirs great uncle I think would kill it annihilate everyone if they didn't stop him. And the only way to stop him is to devastate him with the news that his son was dead. Mm. And I struggled with this scene, big time. And Krishna said, if we don't, then even more people will die. Mm. If we don't stop, it's not Bhima. Oh gosh, should have remembered the name. Bhima was one of the Pandava brothers. But if we don't stop this great uncle, then everybody's going to die. Mm. But if we stop him, even if it's through this not truth, and then it turned out an elephant by the name of his son had died. So Yudhisthira hollers out, this guy died. And it was really, this 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 name died. It was an elephant. So Yudhisthira kind of got out of the lie because the elephant did die. But he did tell his, tell this great uncle, I believe, that so-and-so was dead. And it devastated him. And that's what ultimately was the turning point of the war of good and evil. Hmm. Okay. Whoa, what do you think about that, folks? That's that's deep. That was definitely a rabbit hole. That was, but the, the but the the thing about it it was a rabbit hole. But the thing about it is, and that's what the Yamas and the Niyamas book talks about um, by Deborah Adele is that nonviolence always trumps. <coughs> Excuse. Nonviolence, okay. <coughs> nonviolence always trump trumps the truth. Just like that expression. What is it? Before you say something. Yes. Before you say. I'll let you look it up again. The last of them and the most important thing is, is it kind? Before words pass through your mouth, pass it through these four, these four channels, I guess. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? And so I guess that goes back to the whole, whatever the truth is, is it nonviolent? And, and that's, I still struggle, I'm not gonna lie, I still struggle with this part, this scene in this advice, but I guess I understand it a bit more because it was the, it was to help save the lives of others. Well, and also, it's a huge story to help us examine what we believe about oh. some of these stories, mm -hmm. even some of the stories in the Bible, stories like, do we know the deeper meaning? 
could we even, you know, could we even conceive what that must have been like at the time? And that reminds me of this Hafiz quote, quote the Sufi poet Hafiz about truth that I love. And it's not where I want it. It's okay. Okay, it's called Someone Should Start Laughing. I have a brilliant lies for the question, how are you? I have a thousand brilliant lies for the question, who is God? If you think that the truth can be known from words, if you think the sun and the moon and the ocean can pass through that tiny opening called the mouth, oh, someone should start laughing. <laughs> someone should start wildly laughing now. So it, it, it goes back to that, that deeper truth of we can live as best we can in alignment with the truth as we have evolved in consciousness but there are deeper truths that are just beautiful mysteries mm -hmm. and we discover them along the journey. Mm -hmm. And when we do, it, it can shift our whole, our whole, you know, perspective. perspective. It's like you've been in the dark for billions of years and then somebody switches on a light and it's like it hurts your eyes at first. But then when your eyes adjust, there's this new beauty. Mm. And you can never go back to thinking the way you used to. But the, the thing about it is, is that's the truth until the next light comes on. Exactly. And, you know, again, the journey of yoga and the journey with all of these energetic spiritual disciplines is that the journey begins and ends with the self in you. And when you are in alignment with your truth in a peaceful way, you're not judging others for how they feel. You're not criticizing others because they don't hold up some expectation that you have based on your truth. It's, it's in alignment with spirit and it's beautiful and it's flowy. Then all you can do is share with others. But when you use your truth to take away from how another person might, how they may be moving through their journey, then you are not in alignment with that higher truth, in mm. my opinion. I, and that's especially in, important right now, uh, given, given the way that the, the world is and yeah. our, our political uh, atmosphere. Like, it's okay to have other truths. It's, yes. And, and to act non-violently towards those that do not recognize the same truths. That's, that's the key. Yes, I agree. And the, the spiritual journey is a brave new experiment because it says... Instead of I am right and you are wrong, let all voices be heard. Mm. Let's embrace all the different sides and only then can we come back to the middle. And I'm telling you, until we come back to the middle, because both, everyone is so extreme. It's very violent yes. on each side. Yes, and we need to move back down to that deeper truth of being able to hear an idea without having to own it but allowing others to have that. Mm -hmm. And yes, you have discussions. Yes, you try to expand consciousness. But you only do that by sharing, not by, uh, uh, you know, so. I, I think that's beautiful. And it's, 
uh, a testament to your own growth. And it's, it, I can see how as a parent, it might be a little difficult sometimes because for example, what, um, my husband, I think is struggling. Love you, honey. Um, a little bit more about the makeup thing than I am, but my daughter loves makeup. Right. We talk she, about this. We talk about this all the time, all the time. And he's struggling mm -hmm. with allowing it and it upsets him and it gets him out of a peaceful spot because she came out, we had a real makeover today. Oh my, I was actually kind of proud of my work. I'm not going to lie. We had three different colors on the eyes Some really good. High, I was, I'm, I'm getting better. I need better. to come over for these makeup sessions. I, I'm actually getting a little bit better. And um, he's like, oh my gosh, she looks like a teenager. She's four. I was like, oh, come on. We're just having fun. I, I had to put makeup on because I was on TV. And, and so we, we experienced it together. But the whole point of it is, is the, the dealing with the truth that is right now in a nonviolent way. And we had to like, it's okay. It's okay, honey, that she's, she this can is just explore fun. Exactly. And, you know, I find that a lot of the kids that explore in a healthy way with their parent, parental supervision, young with makeup and like one of my friends let her daughter at 11 dye her hair pink. <laughs> and I wouldn't have done that. But, you know, now she's an adult and she's very, you know, she presents herself in a way that's, in alignment with who she is mm -hmm. expresses who she is and she doesn't have pink hair now i love pink hair by the way yeah i might have pink hair next week i totally want to when i go gray i will have rainbow hair yeah <laughs> but Random. but she didn't have to explore that so much as she got older and like try all the different things because she got to do that as a kid exactly. and that's that's what it keeps coming back to like let's let her explore all of these truths as they are right now when it's very innocent and not a big deal and let's do it in a in a peaceful exciting fun way and then who knows what happens at right but that's a simple concept of dealing with the truth in a peaceful in a yeah. nonviolent way but it, it's resonating with me right now right but you know again we have to be really strongly rooted in what our truth is and not reactive to mm -hmm. these things mm -hmm. or that's where we want to try to evolve yeah. to and that brings up something that especially given the seasons that, that we've just come out of, what is the truth that you're telling yourself? And is it a nonviolent truth? And you want to make sure first and foremost that the truth, these words that you're coming, that are coming up that might be your truth, are they nonviolent to you? And if they are not, what can, what can you do? Who can you surround yourself with just like my internal dialogue about my own personal issues with body image, how can I, who can I be around to help me change that, to make it be a nonviolent word, to make me be nonviolent to everybody else? Because if they're violent on the inside, they're gonna be violent on the outside. Yeah, that's a good point. I had also considered choices I've made in my life that like maybe weren't in alignment with how my parents raised me or how they believed or weren't in alignment with being able to stay in a marriage that was, you know, suffocating me, mm -hmm. but hurt him very much that I chose another route. Sometimes you have to hurt others to be true to yourself, and you can still do that with kindness. And who's to say that but it wasn't in a nonviolent way for the long term? You know, right. Those, se those seasons. Absolutely. And there's a 
there's a book by a Rye Mountain dreamer that I love called The Invitation. And it speaks to this interplay that we have of staying true to ourselves and, you know, living this nonviolence in a way that honors others too, even if you have to walk away from something they believe is their truth, but it isn't for you. And that goes on to a, I believe it's a neom. I need to go back. I don't remember the name of it, where it's letting go, you know, so it's the truth in a nonviolent way and the other person has to practice the non-possessiveness. Yeah. I'm forgetting the, the word. We'll come to that in a couple of weeks. But I didn't, I I didn't want to read this. It's not, the whole book's based off of this poem, but it's by Arai Mountain Dreamer, and it's so powerful about truth. It doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know what you ache for. Mm -hmm. And if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't interest me how old you are. I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool for love, for your dream, for the adventure of being alive. Oh, I like that. It doesn't interest me what planets are squaring your moon. I want to know if you have touched the center of your own sorrow. If you have been opened by life's betrayal, life's betrayals are have become shriveled and closed from the fear of further pain. I want to know if you can sit with pain, mine or your own, without moving to hide it or fade it or fix it. I want to know if you can be with joy, mine and yours, and if you can let, if you can dance with wildness and let the ecstasy fill you to the tips of your fingers and toes without cautioning us to be careful, to be realistic, to remember the limitations of being human. It doesn't interest me if the story you're telling me is true. I want to know if you can disappoint another to be true to yourself. If you can bear the accusation of betrayal and not betray your own soul. If you can be faithless and therefore trustworthy. I want to know if you can see beauty even when it's not pretty every day and if you can source your own life from its presence. I want to know if you can live with failure, yours and mine, and still stand at the edge of the lake and shout to the silver of the full moon, yes! It doesn't interest me to know where you live or how much money you have. I want to know if you can get up after a night of grief and despair, weary and bruised to the bone and still do what needs to be done to feel, to feed the children. Mm. It doesn't interest me who you know or how you came to be here. I want to know if you'll stand in the center of the fire with me and not shrink back. It doesn't interest me where or what or with whom you have studied. I want to know what sustains you from the inside when all else fails. I want to know if you can be alone with yourself and if you truly like the company you keep 
in the empty moments. I like that. It's all about truth and starting from within. Mm. I, I liked the sitting in pain yeah. and others. You would love this book. I need to read Everyone it. Everyone should read this book, The Invitation by Rye Mountain. We'll put a link Dreamer. to it down below. Yes. Well. Wow, how do we cover that? So, in truth, <laughs> Astea, it's practicing the truth that you are in right now in a non-violent, coming from a place of love. Mm -hmm. Always, and first, I think, starting within, because that which is within goes without. The door to the temple always leads within. And then, and then go forth in this loving, truthful, nonviolent way to create an, the to take your next steps on the journey. Yeah, it's a detachment from all the stuff and all the material plane, and just getting linked back into your presence and moving from that place. Ooh, that's, that's a, really what sacred spaces is all about. Oh, I like it, and we will talk more about um, non-attachment. In, is that a couple weeks? I mm. think so. So it's coming up. Make sure you subscribe to this channel. We are putting out new episodes on YouTube every single Wednesday, and we are now live with a podcast. You can check out the Thrive Yoga and Wellness podcast. Sacred Spaces will be on it, and we will release it as well on Wednesday. So thank you so much thank for watching. Thank you for being with us. We're humbled and honored to be with you. And Have a wonderful yes. day. Yes. See you soon. Bye-bye.